Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. bit of snow and you made it you made it um man happy new year happy new year welcome to 2022 i don't know about you but i believe that this is going to be the best year yet does anybody believe that come on anybody believe that in faith (laughs) some of you are like i don't know yet we're only two days in but it's going to be in faith it's going to be the best year yet i believe god's going to do so much and uh, today is what we call Vision Weekend, and we do this on the first Sunday of every single year, where we uh, briefly take a look at the previous year, and then we talk a lot about where God is taking us and speaking to our church for the year that we have just entered, and so I'm excited to uh, share with you some things today. Um, looking back on, on 2021 and all that God did, I um, want to let you know, since it is January, that uh, we'll have, uh, it's January 2nd, but we'll have the the church reports and tax statements and all of those giving things and all of that stuff by the end of this month, all of that will be ready. And so uh, our bookkeeping uh, company is finishing up all of that for 2021. And as soon as they get all of that ready, then we'll have all that prepared for you out in the lobby so that you can pick all of that up and, and uh, see what God was able to do through your giving. But I do want to touch on uh, a few things just to kind of highlight um, uh, some, some figures and what God was able to do. Uh, through your giving and through uh, your generosity and uh, uh, missions giving. Uh, this is one of my favorite things every single year that we, ha- we set aside as a church uh, finances that come in through your generosity and your giving and your tithing and offerings and all of those things to be able to bless um, locally. Uh, so we sow and invest in organizations um, instead of reinventing the wheel in a lot of ways. Uh, we just like to find what's working and bless those organizations and those uh, things locally and regionally and then also globally. And so we pray about, the elders and myself, we pray about this every year as we near the end of the year to say, God, where do you want, uh, where do you want us to give uh, this year? And so we, we were able to give away um, and, and, and take these to these organizations or, or send them or whatever, about $26,000 just here recently. Uh, to places like and places like the city square, I don't know. And if you if you aren't familiar with some of these organizations, I would encourage you to become familiar with them and uh, get connected and plugged in and begin serving somewhere. Uh, man, we want you to serve here, but we also want you to serve outside of here and get in the community and be the hands and feet of Jesus in the community. But city square, the downtown food pantry, the Paris Pregnancy Center, um, we had we set aside a a fund to be able to to help widows. Um, there's an organization, a, a Korean missionary ministry, S-Y-M-E, that we were able to sow into, Roxton Food Pantry, Bogota Food Pantry, um, Paris Transitional Housing, just to name a few of organizations that we were able to, hey, how can we provide? What we're able to give to these organizations goes so much further than uh, trying to reinvent the wheel. For instance, with the food pantry, uh, what we were able to give with them, they said it's going to be able to provide, I think it was 8,000 meals this year for people in our community that are going to come through there and need food on a regular basis and so they get to come through and shop and and just awesome things like that the the pregnancy center where they're bringing in and they're counseling young moms and they're giving away diapers and they're providing clothes and they're you know doing all of these things that uh that are so impactful in our community and i would encourage you to to even get involved as well and find somewhere that you, can, that you can get connected and that you can serve and that you can be a part of what God's doing, even in some of these organizations uh, around our community and beyond. Um, benevolence giving, uh, we were able to, to help to the, to the amount of about four to $5,000 this year. These are uh, just emergency things where someone needs a place to stay or 
a hotel room or they need food because of a hard time or they lost a job and hey can you get us to uh, this point to where we can uh, we can get back on our feet outreach giving um, and and one thing that's amazing is you guys when we when we do outreach as a church you guys give so much to outreach and reaching out in the community and reaching out uh, even into this region in this area uh, but about six thousand dollars went toward um, outreach Ministry, I love this one because this is ministry, uh, what we would call events, but uh, that may not be a great term for it, like sewing back into marriage. So when we have like a marriage night or we have uh, opportunities where we have, you know, maybe a ladies conference or something like that where we're sewing back into, uh, into our body. Um, sewing into our kids ministry come on somebody we believe we just we just uh, expanded that a little bit so we could create more room for uh, the kids and and volunteers to better serve families in our church and uh, we were able to sew. it was about thirty five thousand dollars into uh, into what we do to to disciple come on we're talking about grow groups student ministry kids ministry marriage ministry all of these different ministries to where we're saying hey we don't believe just that uh, we need to get saved and surrender our life to Jesus that's the most important thing but from that point there's a journey that God wants to take you on and the local church is a big part of that journey and sowing into you and discipling people and helping marriages grow and all of these things and so uh, we are so glad to be able to do that as well. Um, we did set in a uh, a new elder in our church this this uh, this last year. Um, many of you know him, but Jeff Shipman is uh, he has graciously accepted the role to step in and and become become uh, become another one of our elders and uh, just spiritually leading the church and. And helping us make decisions and uh, making sure that we're hearing the voice of God collectively and we're moving the church forward in the way that God wants us to. Um, we, we announced it as about a month ago, but we were able to hire another full-time staff person. And they're sitting down here on the front row, David. And uh, they're, getting, <laughs> they're, getting, they're getting acclimated and getting adjusted. And man, we're just excited for the new year and what God's going to do in uh, ministry in our church and youth ministry and all of those. Um, I was thinking back through... Uh, and maybe you do this on a regular basis, that you think back at the end of the year, you ever thought back as to what God did in your family or what God did for you personally or what God did in your life or in your career or your job? I think sometimes we need to reflect on what God has done um, and, and just be grateful for where he's. Because sometimes we get frustrated because we're not where we want to be. But at the same time, God has done so much, and when you reflect back on all that God has done, you can see, wow, God brought me from here to here just in this last year because I have surrendered my life to him, and I've been giving my life to him. And I was thinking about, even for our church, come on, we moved into this building uh, in 2021. We've been in here about six months now, and uh, that's a blessing from God. I have people ask me all the time, are you, are you excited to be in the new facility? <laughs> And I try to contain myself when they ask if you're excited to be in the new facility. But not only that, what we thought was just going to be um, having this property and doing ministry here then turned into uh, uh, an opportunity to, uh, to own this back here and the lot that's back behind it. And so uh, we have been able to, over this last, um, really over this last few months, the last quarter of the year, uh, start the remodel process and things on that building. And uh, we have already, uh, Sweet C has already pretty much been completed, and so we're going to be moving. Uh, now that we have uh, a few more people that are on staff and working here during the week, we're going to be moving some office space over there. And so we have uh, about four additional office spaces over there that we're going to be able to utilize that we just finished up. And, and so we're excited about that. Sweet B is what we're remodeling for our iClub, which is 5th through 8th grade, and our student ministry, youth ministry, which is 7th through 12th grade. And so that's in the process. That's a little bit more of a project. <laughs> and so uh, we're working on that and, and permits and all of those things to be able to uh, take the next step in that. And so we're excited about that and having that space for them to be able to gather and, and uh, have community together and learn and grow together. It's going to be awesome. We really believe uh, we really believe that, and so we were we were able to put it was about uh, it was about four hundred and seventy five thousand dollars into uh, this project and what's going on over there to to be able to own all of this, remodel this entire building, uh, start the remodel process over here, own the lot back here behind, and I just can't even tell you 
of how excited I am about what I feel like God is going to do as we continue to move forward. As we continue, come on, two years ago, our word was progress. Our word was progress in a year that COVID hit. <laughs> I stood on a stage and said, progress, Woo! and two months later, it was like, what is this? <laughs> right? But how many of you know that, that there's, there's not anything that Jesus said, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so we don't, have to, we don't have to get in the way. We just have to go with what the Holy Spirit is doing. And as he leads us and guides us, we're able to continue to move forward in that way. So um, we're still believing that God's going to do amazing things as we, uh, as we do ministry in here and as we begin to do some ministry over there and just continue to seek the Lord as to, God, what do you, what do you have for us next? What do you have for us next? I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss God. I know that God is really good at if... If, uh, if we get off track, he's really good at recalculating things and getting us back on track. Anybody ever had that experience in your life where you got off and, and God had to kind of recalculate, you know, and like, your, like your maps app does when you take a wrong turn, recalculate you to get you to your destination? God's really good at that, and, uh, and man, I, just, I don't want to miss God. I want to be exactly where God wants us to be. I want to be reaching the people that God wants us to reach. I want to be doing the things that God wants us to do as a church. And so uh, we, we just can't say thank you enough for your generosity, for you serving. Come on, so many of you serve week in and week out in kids' ministry and cafe and worship and all of these different areas, student ministry, where, where God is, is doing something significant. And I hope you can see that. I hope you believe that, that, that God's up to something. And I'm excited about this year. Um, I want to, as we look ahead at 2022... I want to reflect on what our words have been uh, as a church each year and then what I believe that God is speaking to our church for this year. And I was thinking back on these, and I, I have a note in my phone where I, I like to keep track of what God has spoken every year and then look back on everything that God did. And how many of you know that just because a year ended doesn't mean that what God spoke necessarily ended? We're just kind of adding to. God's taking us to a new level. Uh, in 2016, the year that the church began, our word was invested in 2017, it was taking ground. In 2018, it was overflow. Some of you remember these. In 2019, it was greater. 2020, we just mentioned this one, it was progress. Last year, we talked about being devoted and how we were going we to be intentional to be devoted to the right things and that there was in Acts chapter 2, I believe it's verses 42 through 47, the first church, it says they were devoted to some things. And so we put uh, extra emphasis on being devoted in those specific areas because that was what in the initial uh, installment of the church, what they were devoted to. And so we believe that prayer and gathering together and community and generosity and all of these things are important. And then as we begin 2022, uh, here's our word that I believe God is speaking to us for this year, that this year... Uh, we are going to be transformed. I believe that we're going to be transformed. And today is, today is going to be an introduction uh, to a series that we're going to begin next week that we're going to call Transformed. And uh, I am so excited about this series and this year. But here's what I want to tell you. And you're going to see this in what we talk about today. In order for you to be transformed, you have a part to play. You have to be willing to be transformed. And I want, to, I want to start, there are two verses in the Bible that I want to focus on today that use the same Greek word that we translate as transformed in our Bibles. And so we're going to talk about this for just a moment. And I want to start in a verse that many of us are very familiar with. It's in Romans chapter 12. Come on, you've all, you've, we've all read verse 2, right? Verse 2 says this, Do not be conformed to this world. But be, here's our word, transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. The second uh, uh, passage, and I want to read two verses in this one. This is in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and I, it's verse 18, but I want to read verse 17 because many of us quote verse 17, and it's so powerful. It says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Come on, anybody thankful for that? And verse 18, and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the glory of the Lord are being, somebody say being, transformed into his image with intensifying glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. 
So we're going to, over the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at areas of our lives where I believe that in one or many of these, we need to allow ourselves to be transformed. That there are some, there are some, some areas of our lives where God wants to step in. You know, there's a verse that says, Jesus is saying, I, I stand at the door and knock. And I heard somebody teaching on it this way one time because we look at that as thinking that, well, he's standing at the door of unbelievers and he's knocking and he's wanting them to let them in. But that verse was actually written to church. That there are Christians that Jesus is saying, behold, I stand at the door and knock because you won't let me into that area of your life. I stand at the door and I'm knocking and anyone who opens the door, I will come in and I will dine with him. But we have to open the door. And I believe that as we go through the month of January, God is going to, the Holy Spirit is going to do something in your heart to where you're going to begin to open up the door to him, for him to work in your life so that you can be transformed from the inside out. Um, before we begin our series next week, I, I thought it would be helpful for us to understand what it looks like for someone uh, to be someone who is transformed. And so I studied on this word, and some of you are familiar with this, and I had, had heard this before, but I kind of looked at it a little more in depth so that I could uh, hopefully present it to you in the best way so that you can understand where we're going and what I believe God is communicating to us as we go through this series. The word that we translate as transformed in the Greek is the word metamorpho. And it sounds a lot like the word metamorphosis. And if you study this word, that's actually where we get the word metamorphosis. And so when we think of being transformed, we need to think about this word metamorpho. And so I looked up, if, if this is the root of where we get the English word metamorphosis, then I thought, well, it would be helpful for us to understand what metamorphosis is. And here is our definition of the word metamorphosis. It's the process of transformation from an immature form to an adult form in two or more distinct stages. It can also mean a change of the form or nature of a thing or person into a completely different one by natural or supernatural means. Can I just tell you today that there is a process when, when, when Paul wrote these verses and he said you need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You need to be transformed in the way that you think. You need to be transformed in your mind. He was saying you need to be changed from an immature form to an adult form in this. That there are some areas in our lives where I believe we need to be transformed, we need to be changed from an immature form to an adult form. Or we could say it as the other definition says that we need to be changed as if we're one thing or one person into a completely different person, a completely different thought process, a completely different way of living our lives, a completely different way of thinking about things that we go through in our lives. God wants to transform us from an immature form to an adult form, spiritually speaking. And so here's what the Greek word metamorpho means as we read this in our Bibles. It comes from two words. The first word is meta. It means to change after being with. That'll preach all by itself right there. To change after being with. And the, the morpho part means changing form in keeping with inner reality to change form in keeping with inner reality now i don't know about you but i hope that you can testify that you, when you have been with jesus come on can anybody say this that when you have spent time with jesus you have been changed i heard somebody say it this way one time that whenever you spend time with the lord something's going to change and it's not going to be him that there is something that happens whenever we are with God when we spend time with him it changes us it transforms us and so I want to um, I don't know what the correct term for this would be but I want to take us back to school come on anybody remember science class in school anybody enjoy science class and biology and uh, whatever all the ologies you know like you, <laughs> you just enjoy science class I was I was studying on this and I came across some things because I thought, man, in our practical minds, how can we wrap our minds around what it means, what it looks like to be transformed? And so I discovered and I began to study a butterfly. I don't know if you've ever studied a butterfly before. But they're one of the, one of the insects that go through this process of metamorphosis. And this is what it looks like for them. And I found this interesting that there are four stages in this process for them. There's the egg stage. 
There's the feeding stage, there's the transition stage, and there's the reproductive stage. And so I want to take us back to science class for just a moment. Because in the egg stage, listen to this, eggs are laid on plants that will eventually become the food that the caterpillar eats once it is hatched. They, they lay the egg on the thing that the caterpillar, once it is hatched, is going to need to eat on so that it can grow. So that it can make it to the next stage, which is uh, the feeding stage, which is the caterpillar's job during the feeding stage. I found this so interesting. The caterpillar's only job is to eat and eat and eat and eat some more and eat some more. In the feeding stage, you know what they're only in the process of metamorphosis to being transformed to what it is that they're supposed to be down the road. They have an entire stage and process where all they're supposed to do is eat. I just need to eat. I need to eat. I need to eat. I need to eat. I need to eat because it's going to take me where I want to go, where I'm supposed to be next. During the, the, the next thing, oh, and, this, and that as well, as caterpillars eat and they eat and they eat, they shed their skin four or five times. Isn't that interesting? That as they're growing, they're shedding some skin. And then they're growing a little bit more and they're shedding some skin. And they're growing a little bit more and they're shedding some skin. They're storing up food that they are eating to be used later as an adult. And then they go into the transition stage. And this is where transformation is taking place. That there are special cells that are now growing that will become the legs and become the wings and become the eyes and the other parts of the adult butterfly. And in this stage, I read this and, and I thought this was intriguing, that it may not look like, a lot of times in this stage, it looks like there is not anything happening but while it looks like there's not really anything going on, big changes are actually happening on the inside. So they're being transitioned on the inside. And when you look at a caterpillar, you don't see anything different. You don't see any outside change yet. But they're being transitioned on the inside. There's actually a lot going on. And then they move into the reproductive stage. And this is where the adult butterflies, after they are transformed into their new form, they begin to reproduce themselves. So they go through the egg stage and the feeding stage and the transition stage, and then they go into the reproductive stage. And I got to thinking to myself, and I wonder, does anyone else find it a little bit interesting that the Word of God uses this, this, this word to describe how we are to be transformed into the image of Jesus? And it's the same word that involves an intentional process. It involves something that we are consistently leaning into. Something that we are consistently doing. Something that we are consistently investing our lives in. Right? And I was thinking about this. There was a seed that was planted in your heart. Somebody told you about Jesus. You heard about Jesus in a message at church. The Holy Spirit was drawing you to surrender your life to Jesus. And then after you receive salvation and your life, and you surrender your life to Him, right? Then what comes next? You feed on His Word. Listen. If you, have, if you have surrendered your life to Jesus, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you have given your life to him, you have prayed a prayer. Come on, somebody. You have become a Christian. It doesn't stop there. It is the most important decision that you will ever make, but it does not end with that decision. That there is a stage, a feeding stage, if you will, where we need to feed on his words. And as you stay in God's word, you start to shed things in your life. So old habits start to kind of fall off. Your old way of thinking starts to kind of fall off. The way that you saw things, your perspective on life begins to shift and change. You begin to, just like that caterpillar, it would, it, in the feeding stage, it'll shed its skin four or five times as it's being transitioned and transformed. And I think the same thing happens to us. You read something in God's Word, and you can't get something out of God's Word if you're not reading God's Word. If you're not in the feeding stage, you can't make it to the transition stage because you haven't gone through the process. You've got to know what God's Word says. You've got to know who He is, and you've got to know what it means for you. And so you begin to shed old habits and, and shed sinful habits and old patterns and old ways of thinking. And not only that, then new things are forming, right? You know, you, if you think back whenever you surrendered your life to Jesus, if you've been through this stage before, you began to do things like this. Just practically speaking, you began to attend church regularly. Well, I've, 
I've given my life to Jesus, so I feel like the right thing to do is I need to be, I need to be, in, I need to be worshiping. I need to find a church that I can get connected with. You begin to serve in church regularly. You become, you know, if we're going to put it in terms that we use here as a church, you become, you, you get in a grow group. You start giving to build the kingdom. You start investing time to be around other followers of Jesus so you can be discipled. You're spending time with the Lord on a regular basis, hopefully even a daily basis, because you're in this process. And so not only do old things start to, to fall off, but new things start to form in your life. New habits start to form in your life. Your priorities, come on, do you remember this when, whenever you got saved? Your priorities began to shift. If your priorities didn't begin to shift, we might need to revisit that. That your priorities begin to shift and you begin to think differently and old patterns start to fall off. And then you move into the transition stage, which is what I would call where you are transformed. That all the time you've been spending in God's word, all the messages you've applied to your life, the investment you've been making to be in community, the investment you've been making to be discipled, the time you've been spending consistently with the Lord, all of this has been working inside of you and you are being transformed. And while people, while people should be able to tell on the outside, some people may look and be like, wow, I don't really see, I, 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 I don't really see that much difference. But on the inside, it's, it's starting to shed things and new things are coming out and people are like, oh. Okay, I, I'm starting to see a shift. I'm starting to see a transition. I'm starting to see a transformation happen. And even when it looks like there really isn't a whole lot that's going on, you're allowing God to do a work on the inside of you. And then it moves into the reproductive stage, which I would say, in spiritually speaking, that you begin to make disciples. You begin reproducing yourself. And see, here's what, here's what my fear is, what my concern is, as we go into a new year and we start talking about being transformed. And I'm telling you, I believe there are so many areas in our lives where God wants to transform us into his image. That there are so many ways, that, in some ways we don't even realize that we're not living our life in the image of God. In certain areas of our lives. Or certain areas that we know we're holding back from him. And God's going to do something and he's going to, you're going to have the opportunity to open up the door of your heart where Jesus is saying, hey, I want to I come into that area of your life. I want to transform you in that area of your life. I want to help you be transformed in that place. But here's, here's my concern is that there are some of us, if we, don't, if we don't get the basics down, that there is actually, when you surrender your life to Jesus, there, are, there, there is a process that God wants to take you on. To where you're feeding on his word and you're being transformed ultimately so you get to the place to where you are making disciples, where you are reproducing yourself. To where when you get around people, the atmosphere changes. To where you're the one, listen, you're the one that doesn't want to wait to see what grow groups are coming up. You're the one who wants to lead one because I've got to disciple somebody. I'm not going to wait for another couple of weeks to see, like, well, where can I get plugged in? No, I'm going to make sure there's somewhere for somebody to get plugged in because I've got to be discipling somebody because I need to reproduce myself. I need to reproduce the, the image of Christ that I am striving and I am trying to live out in my life. I want to get around some other people, and we're going to sharpen each other, and we're going to do this thing together. And I think there are some of us, we've stopped at the salvation part, and we've never gone any for. There are some of us that we've never really opened our Bible. We've never really read God's Word. We've never really discovered who God is. And so we begin to ask questions and we begin to think things and we blame God for things because we don't understand who God is. And then there are others of us that, that we kind of do that, but, there is the, but God is really trying to transform some areas of your life and you're fighting it. And it's a struggle for you. And the problem is not that it's a struggle for you. The question is, are you going, who's going to win that? Are you going to win that or are you going to allow the Holy Spirit to win that? Are you going to stop and say, okay, the Holy Spirit is working on me in this area of my life, and I need to stop fighting it, and I need to surrender, and I need to give it over to him and allow him to go at work in my finances, allow him to transform me into Christ's image, allow him to do whatever he needs to do in my life so that I can be transformed. And then there are others of us that we have been transformed, and we're trying to walk this out, but, we, but we've never stepped into the place where we're reproducing ourselves. We've never, we've never seen the importance of actually taking other people along on the journey with us and being in community and being in a group and being in places where we can disciple each other and where you can bring somebody along who may not be as far along as you. 
and you can disciple them and you can begin to reproduce what it is that God's done in your life. Now you're the person that is taking somebody else through this journey that they're going on as well. And so we need to go through these stages and I believe that God is going to do something in each one of these stages as we go through these areas over the next several weeks. But I want to look back at a very important part uh, of the meaning of the original word that we translate as transformed. And I want to uh, talk about this for a few minutes and then we'll end today. But uh, our definition again, we'll put it back on the screen. Uh, two words, this word metamorpho, meta change after being with, and morpho changing form in keeping with inner reality. And so earlier in the message we discovered that based on this word that was used when Paul was writing in Romans 12 and 2 Corinthians 3, spiritually God wants to transform you from an immature form to an adult form. That there is a, there is a change that he wants to do in you. He wants to change your nature. From a sinful nature, a fleshly nature, to the nature of Jesus. But there are some of us, maybe even many of us, that are keeping ourselves from being transformed because we have missed how this process actually takes place. To be truly transformed means that after we have been with Jesus, we are changed into what is already an inner reality. Now I want to talk about this for a moment because the morphu part of this word is to change after being with but it's to change in keeping with a reality that's already on the inside of you. And many of us, we think, well, I just need to quit doing this, and I just need to stop doing that, and I need to just get better at this, and I just need to try harder at this. Listen, there's a reality. When you gave your life to Jesus, there is a reality on the inside of you that if this is a struggle for you, I think that you just haven't tapped into the reality that's already on the inside of you. Because the word that was used when he said you need to be transformed in your mind, you need to be transformed, you are being transformed into the image of Christ. He was saying when you've been with Jesus, it begins to change you and it changes you in keeping with what's already on the inside of you. You've just got to get what's already on the inside of you to start coming out of you. You need to get what's on the inside of you to start manifesting itself in the way that you talk and the way that you think and the way that you operate and the way that you do your job and the way that you spend your money and the way that you just have to get what God has already done in you to start manifesting in all of these areas of your life. Allow it to transform you in all of these areas of your life. When you received salvation, you entered into a new reality in your spirit. But there are some people that haven't allowed the change to take place, listen, in our mind and our will and our emotions. And so God has already done something on the inside of us. You accepted Jesus, but your mind hasn't been renewed. You accepted Jesus, but you still make all your plans and determine your own steps and live your own life according to your will instead of his. You accepted Jesus, but the emotional part of you doesn't look anything, doesn't look any different than what it did before you accepted Jesus. It's not that you haven't been changed on the inside. It's that you have to allow I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. And I have changed you. I have, I have changed you in your spirit. You are on your way to heaven. You are a new creation. But you need to allow the new that I have done in you to begin to manifest and come out of you in these ways. In the way that you operate. Because you are being transformed into the image of Jesus. I was thinking about some of us, we, we prayed a prayer, we had someone lead us in a prayer, but we never took another step. And I think this is why we can read a scripture like, maybe you've done this before, 2 Corinthians 5.17 that I was just quoting part of. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. We can read a scripture like that, but not see any of this new in our lives because we have not been changed we have not allowed what has been changed inside of us to begin to operate out of us. So we read 2 Corinthians 5, 17, and we say, okay, I have, the old is gone, the new has come. I don't see it. It's because there is a process. You have been changed on the inside. You have been made whole on the inside. You, have, you are perfect on the inside. 
Your spirit is perfect. You are on your way to heaven. You have been saved. You have surrendered your life to Jesus. But there are some areas of your life that how many of you know you can be a Christian all of your life and not follow what God says to do or his methods or his principles in certain areas of your life. You can hold things back. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to heaven. It doesn't mean that you're not saved. It just means that the inner reality, you haven't been changed on the outside in keeping with what's on the inside. That there's something that God has done in you that you need to let come out of you. Many of us have an inner reality that we are not allowing to manifest in our thoughts, in our desires, in our will, in our emotions, in all of these other areas. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to be discussing different areas of our lives where our outward reality may not be lining up with our inner reality as Christians. Because the word transformed is a word that means you're changed after being with, and the change that happens is it's a change in keeping with your inner reality. That when you gave your life to Jesus, something changed. You were made whole on the inside. You were made whole in your spirit. But now there's a process that God, the Holy Spirit, wants to take you through. So that you can be transformed and you can open up the door and say, okay, I give you access to this part of my life. I want, I want this part of my life to be transformed into your image. I want this area of my life to be transformed. I want to handle things in this area of my life in the way that you have called me to handle these things. I want to be transformed in every single way. So we're going to be talking about that over the next several weeks. But I want to, I want to shift gears for just a moment and I want to end in this way because I feel like it's important for me to let you know where we're going in the month of January. Because there are some of you that have been a part of our church as we've gone through the month of January before. And, and the month of January for us as a church is very significant. And I hope it is in your life too. We've said it before, there's not really anything magical that happens when it goes from December 31st to January 1st unless you, you know, how many of you have ever heard the saying, nothing changes unless something changes and so it's it's really up to you to lean in to what it is that God wants to do in your life but the month of January is very significant for us as a church because we do three things in the month of January and I want to talk about all three but I want to hit on uh, uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting before we do anything else Um, we do 21 days of prayer and fasting we have what we call give big weekend and then we have a night of worship where we give God our best our best worship and Starting tomorrow, we're going to be joining together in what we call 21 days of prayer and fasting. January the 3rd through January the 23rd. January the 3rd through January 23rd. And here's, here's what I am encouraging. We have, we have in, in all of these things, okay, in 21 days of prayer and fasting, Give Big Weekend, Night of Worship, all of these things that we have going on in the month of January that are super intentional. I'm going to tell you how they're super intentional in just a moment. They're super intentional to give God our best at the beginning of the year. Here's the only goal that we have. Here's what I would love to see, what I think, what I think God would love to see. I think 100% participation. Nothing, I'm not telling you that you have to do this, and you have to do this, and you have to do it in this way, and you have to do it in that way. No, it's, I think here's what the Holy Spirit's asking. I just want you to just 100% participation. If you call this church home, I would encourage you, I would challenge you to participate in what I'm about to present to you. We have seen this, we have seen this do amazing things in people's lives. And we don't do 21 days of prayer and fasting to get God to do something. We're not going to spend the next 21 days praying and denying our flesh to get God to move. God's able to move. The reason that we're going to do 21 days of prayer and fasting is so that we can draw closer to Him. Because His Word says, James 4, 8, when you draw near to God, He draws near to you. And so we're going to pull away from some distractions. We're going to pull away from some things that we have leaned into. We're going to pull away some from some habits. We're going to pull away from some things that we rely on that, hey, listen to me, you don't know you've been relying on it till you give it up. And all of a sudden you realize, wow, that was a bigger part of my life than what I even realized. So starting tomorrow, 
Monday morning, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And here's how we do this. And I encourage you, every single year, I encourage you, you seek God and you do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. We do have a structure that we have gone by for several years. That if you need a baseline, if you need something to go off of, here's what we do corporately. But I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit may invite you to do more than this. He may invite you to do, uh, to do something completely different. And you listen to the Holy Spirit and you do what the Holy Spirit wants you to do so that he can do in your life what he's wanting to do in your life. But the first week, uh, which will be January 3rd through next Sunday, January the 9th, uh, the first week we usually fast all sugars and caffeine. And some of you are like, bless God. <laughs> Here, and, well, I'll go through these and then I'll, and then I'll uh, qualify this statement. January the 10th through the 16th, which is week two, we add two. So we don't take away, we add two. So we're continuing with sugar and caffeine, and now we're going to add some kind of a food element. We're going to do a sun up to sundown, or we're going to do a Daniel fast, or we're going to eliminate some things. You know, we're going we're gonna to fast lunch every single day, so instead of eating on my lunch break, I'm going to take time, and I'm going to get in God's Word, and I'm going to pray, and I'm drawing closer to Him, and I'm going to be intentional to do it. And then the last week, which this year would be January the 17th through the 23rd, we add in technology. <laughs> we get off social media. We get off, oh my, oh my gosh. We get off Netflix. <laughs> we, don't, we, don't binge watch, we don't binge watch our shows in the evening. We read the word. And we pray. And right now, 21 days. Listen, 21, I'm not, I am not going to lie to you. 21 days right now you're thinking, it's just 21 days. Until about day four. And then you're thinking, oh, <laughs> my gosh. Listen, here's, in all honesty, I know I'm, I'm making light of this. This is a significant thing. We, we pollute, if I could use that word, we pollute our lives with so much stuff all year long that there is so much power in pulling away and abstaining from things to intentionally draw closer to the Lord, to get in the word more. To pray more. You know, when you start, when you come on, you're on week two and you've added in a food element and you're fasting lunch or whatever it is that God lays on your heart to do and you're sitting there and you're hungry, you say, mm, you've got to remind yourself what it is that you're doing and why you're doing it. You've got to know your why. You've got to know your why. We draw closer to him and he draws closer to us. 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're going, to have, we're going to have some encouraging things we're going to put out on social media for the first two weeks. On the third week, we're not going to be on social media. But we're going to, we're, and listen, and you may take all of these things and you may feel like, man, I feel like the Lord is wanting me to do all of this for all 21 days. That I need to get off of all this for 21 days because I just need to be that intentional to draw closer to Him. I don't know what it is the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you individually. Here's what I am asking. I would love 100% participation. Can you just think, can you imagine what God could do in your life if you pulled away from the things that distract you, pull away from the things that, that you lean into so often to draw closer to Him, to hear His voice, to get His direction in your life? And if you've done this with us before in the past, you know that this is not always an easy thing to do. It's not. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that, man, this is going to be easy for you. Chances are, it's not going to be. And your body and your flesh and everything in you is going to scream out that it's dying. But I'm telling you, there is something significant that happens when we take time to pray and we take time to fast and we get intentional about it. I would encourage you to find a devotional book uh, find a devotional on the Bible app to read every day that's going to encourage you. Uh, we'll have encouraging text messages that will probably be going out, encouraging social media posts. We want to encourage you every way that we can, but there's going to have to be, some, there's gonna have to be some, some David rise up in you that says, I encourage myself in the Lord. 
that on day three, I encouraged myself in the Lord. On day 10, I encouraged myself in the Lord. On day 20, when I thought, oh, it's only one day, I encouraged myself in the Lord. So we're starting that tomorrow. So uh, tomorrow morning, or if you want to say tonight at midnight, however technical you want to get with that, um, we're going to begin 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I believe it's going to be a powerful, powerful thing. And it may not be an easy thing to do, but it's a necessary and important and life-changing thing that we do. I'll go ahead and bring the worship team back and hit on these last two things. And then on Sunday, January 23rd, which is the 21st day of the fast, it's very intentional. We've been, we've been abstaining from things. We're fasting and we're praying. And on the very last day of the fast, on Sunday, January the 23rd, we're going to come together that day. And two things are going to happen. And I want to tell you about them now. Because the first one is something that I believe you need to decide in your heart. The, f- the first thing that we do on January the 23rd is we're going to have what we call Give Big Weekend. We have done this every year of our church. This is, where, this is where we all pray and we bring our best, whatever it is that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, you bring your best gift to God to honor Him at the beginning of the year. And I'm going to say it again. There is zero financial goal. There is no target that we're trying to hit. There is no amount that we're trying to do. This has nothing to do with that. This is, this is, this is you seeking the Lord. And listen, we'll read this probably on that, that Sunday. I'll even talk about it some or whatever. But the word of God, Paul wrote it down. He wrote it to the Corinthians. He said, each of you need to decide in your heart what you should give. You need to decide in your heart. And so the Holy Spirit's going to speak something different probably to every person in this room. But this is a way that we honor God at the beginning of the year. That we honor God. How many of you would agree? Come on, it makes us uncomfortable. I know it makes us uncomfortable. But how many of you know that your finances are one of the most important things to you? How many of you click on, click on your online banking every day? I mean, you've got the app on your phone and you're clicking on it three times a day. Like, make sure nobody's hacking my account. Make sure, no, you know, like, you, your finances matter. You want to be able to live in the house you live in. You want to be able to drive the car that you drive. You want to be able to have enough to do extra. You want all of these things. Listen, the reason this is such a big deal is because when, when, when Jesus was teaching, he didn't say you can't serve God and the devil. He said you can't serve both God and money. You can't serve God and your stuff. You're going to love one and hate the other or love the other and hate this one over here. Like you, He said you cannot do it. You cannot do it. And so there is nothing wrong. There is nothing wrong with you having money. There is nothing wrong with you prospering. There is nothing wrong with you having extra. There is nothing wrong with you making all the money that you want to make. There is nothing wrong with it as long as your money doesn't have you. And what we do at the beginning of the year is we say, Holy Spirit, what is it that you want me to give so that I, I'm saying at the beginning of the year, you have control of my finances. I am a steward and you are the owner and you have control of my finances. So we tell you, we tell you, what is it, three weeks in advance. Because this is not a show up on January 23rd, oh, we're, oh, we're giving, I better give something. No, this is a, you, I want you to take three weeks and I want you to pray. And I want you to decide in your heart. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you and you decide in your heart. Say, hey, this is what we're supposed to do. For our family, this is what we're supposed to do. And this is how we're going to honor God in this way. And then the other thing that we do on that day is we come back um, that evening and we end the fast with a night of worship. And so we're going to come back. We're going we're gonna to take communion. We're going to have a night of worship on January the 23rd at 6 p.m. And we, we've done this for the last few years, I believe. And, uh, man, i got to tell you, it is my favorite not a worship. When you, get, when you get people in a room to worship God who have been praying and fasting and giving for 21 days, and God shows up, it's awesome. It's awesome. And here's what I want to tell you about that, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut up and, and we'll let you go. But that night of worship, so in, in the past, the past several nights of worship, um, there have been people from in our community that have come. And it's been like, hey, everybody come join us, you know, just invite the community out or whatever. Here's, here's what we're doing different for this night of worship. This one's for you. Because I know in the past there have been like, well, I don't know if there's going to be room. I don't know if there's going to be a seat. I don't know if it's going to be too crowded or whatever. No, listen, 
the, we as a body are going to be praying and fasting for 21 days. We're going to show up and we're going to give big on that, that Sunday. And then we're going to come back that night as a church. Now listen, if you want to bring somebody with you, that's fine. But we want to set this aside for our church family. To say we have been investing in this way. We have been giving in this way. We have been praying and fasting in this way. And so we're going to come together tonight. And as a church body, we're going to see what God wants to do. And we're going to give him, give big weekends, not just about finances, about giving him our biggest praise and our biggest worship at the beginning of the year. And so that's in, in essence. And then after we, after we finish the month of January, we're kicking into our spring semester of grow groups. And it's going to be awesome. And God's going to grow us. And, and we're going to disciple each other and be discipled. And all of that is going to be amazing. But during the month of January, we are super, super, super intentional about what we do. And when Jesus was speaking to a crowd, because some of us, uh, and I like to say this every single year, you might be asking yourself this morning, why do we do all this? What is the point in doing all this? Why do you feel like these three things are important to do? Well, here's what, here's what Jesus was speaking to a crowd in what we would call the Sermon on the Mount. And in that sermon, he said three things, and I'm not going to read all of it, but he started three paragraphs in our Bible in this way. He said, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. And what I find interesting is my Bible does not read, if you decide to give, here's what I would recommend. If you decide that you need to pray, here's how you should. If you decide that fasting might be for you, here's how you do it. He didn't, he didn't say that. He is, he is preaching this sermon to these people, and they are all gathered there, and he said, hey, when you give, do it in this way. Hey, when you pray, do it in this way. Hey, when you fast, do it in this way. And so what do we do at the beginning of every year? We give, and we pray, and we fast. And it's a significant way that we say, you have the beginning of the year. God, you, you have control of this year. I surrender this year to you. I honor you before anything else in 2022. I give you my best. And so in all of these things, I'm going to say it again, and then we'll sing and, and be dismissed. In all of these things, one goal. One goal is that you would, that you would take up ownership of what Jesus said when he said, when you give, okay, when you pray, okay, and when you fast, and that there would be, come on, if you're watching online, that there would be 100% participation in whatever that looks like for you, whatever the Holy Spirit says for you to do, you know what, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to fast, and I'm going to give, I'm going to show up on a night of worship, I'm going to give God my best praise, my best worship as we end 21 days of prayer and fasting. Will you stand to your feet today? I want to pray for you. I know this was a lot to get to today, but I felt it was necessary and wanted to give you some instruction and in kind of what we're looking at for the month of January because I believe it's going to be a powerful time. But will you, will you do this? Will you just lift your hands all across this room? God, today we honor you. On this first Sunday of 2022, we honor you. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that we have this month to pray and to fast and to give and to worship you. And, and Lord, I pray if there's anybody here today or watching online that has not surrendered their life to you, that today they would make that decision. That wherever they are right now, that they would surrender their life to you, that they would give you control of their life. And Lord, for those of us that you are standing at the door and you are knocking, maybe there's a certain area of our life that you are knocking and you want access to. I pray as we go through this month, as we go through this series, as we talk about how we are going to be transformed, Lord, I pray that we would begin to open up those areas of our lives so that you can move in, so that we can be transformed from the inside out. God, I pray that you would speak to us as we go through this 21 days of prayer and fasting, that your voice would become clearer, that you would draw closer to us as we draw closer to you. And Lord, the things that you want to do in us, we just say today, come on, just tell him, say, I give you permission to work in my life. And Lord, today we give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. this coming weekend on Saturday.